Hey everybody, welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. As always, I'm your host, Coach Kelly Tamey, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And I'm telling you, this last week, we had this horrific heat wave. And for me being from the Southeast and complaining about heat, and I love the sun in the summer, it had to be hot and a lot of humidity for the heat that we had here. It was ridiculousness. It, it helped me go to the beach four times this week. So, hey, no complaints. So, I just want to say thank you guys so freaking much. OMG, we hit 7,500 downloads this week. My goal is to hit 10,000 by November 5th, which will be my one-year anniversary. And I'm so freaking stoked. I, we are so close and I know that we can do this because you guys are the bomb.com. So, just wanted to throw that out there and you guys are knocking all of these these podcasts out of the park man like I'm just seeing like my podcast from two weeks ago we're already well over 100 listens or 100 downloads on there like 120 downloads like it almost to 100 in the first three days it was so ridiculously awesome I just love you guys to the moon and back I'm glad that you enjoyed it about the butterflies last week's was kind of a, a follow-up to the butterflies and being in the cocoon it was the you know quit leaving the kitchen uh, all pissed off and i probably could have titled that a little better it hadn't got as much play this week but if you get into it and you listen to it you'll understand why i named it that you know I, i'm talking about how the universe has got your back and that you you get mad because you ordered a cake or you wanted a cake, you've got all the ingredients, you've got the stove, you got the pan, you got the oven, you got the eggs, you got everything it is to make the cake, but because the cake didn't come pre-made, you get mad and you leave, you, you storm out of the kitchen. It's the equivalent of, of praying to God saying you want X, Y, and Z, and he gives you all the tools it is that you need to get it, but then you get mad because you don't get the prize. You didn't use the tools, so how are you going to get the prize? So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I really encourage you to go back and check it out and listen to listen to it. Like it gets deep into, you know, we have all the tools. We have all the tools. You can't get mad because something doesn't come pre-made. When you have a goal, there are steps that you got to follow in order to get to the goal. You know what I mean? To get the prize. The prize doesn't come, like if you're, if you're an athlete, you can't say, okay, I'm going to be first place. I'm going to, if you're, so I'm going to use track because that's the easiest analogy because it's an individual sport. You can't say, I'm going to be number one in the hundred, in the hundred meter dash. And you don't train to be number one. You just show up on race day and then you expect to win. There's steps that you have to go through. Like you got to figure out what shoes are going to be best for you. You got to figure out how to get your timing coming out of the blocks. You've got to be able to an anticipate the firing of the gun without jumping the gun. Like all of those are things. You've got to figure out how many leg exercises to do, what leg exercises, how many glute exercises, especially if you're a sprinter, if you don't have strong glutes and your core ain't strong, you're screwed. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's the personal trainer in me telling you they lift heavy, lift often and get your cardio in between. But like that's that's the only way that's going to work. Like you have to do the steps in order to attain the goal. And so that's why that title is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you can't if you've got all the ingredients you need to make the cake, don't get pissed off that the cake's not pre-made. Your goal isn't pre-made. There's steps that you got to take. There's ingredients to making the goal a reality. So if you haven't checked out last week's episode, go do that. It was episode number 54. The week before that was about the butterflies and being in the cocoon. Super, super awesome. Still getting inboxes about both of those uh, and about how amazing, like it's really deep stuff, man. And it's, I, I just know how much it's going to help you. So today I want to talk about control and letting go. You've got to control the letting go. I know that sounds really weird, letting go and control, but they go hand in hand. And so what I mean by that is when you're trying to control everything, there's something that you need to let go of. Usually letting go of the control is the way to go, but you can control the letting go. And it just twisted your brain all in a knot, kind of twisted my own brain in a knot. But I, I, when we control everything, we tend to lose control. Think about that. When we try to control everything 
aka holding on to things so freaking tight because we want to control it because our life has been out of control and we're afraid if we let go of the control then our life is going to get out of control again or maybe our life is already out of control we feel out of control we feel like something else is controlling our life and so we're holding on to whatever it is that we're focused on for dear life Genuinely, that tends to be a relationship, a significant other or a potential significant other control at our job. That was something that I had to really check myself on. Like I wanted to control every aspect of my job because I felt like I did it better than anybody else and nobody was going to do it as good as I could do it. And if I, if I didn't do it, then I was going to have to run along behind them and fix it. Now, whether or not that was true, which... In the field that I was in at that time, I was a legal secretary. Fun fact about Tammy that a lot, not a lot of people know. <laughs> but I did real estate closings for almost, uh, let's say, did real estate closings for close to 10 years. And I was really good at what it was that I did. But I felt like I was the only closing secretary. We had to hire somebody else when we started getting, uh, when the loans started getting too much for just me. And I was working ridiculous amount of hours. I was on salary. I was getting burned out. I was getting frustrated. I asked for help. They hired somebody, but every time they did something, I would have to go back behind them. So I just quit letting them do anything other than take calls. That saved me a lot of time not having to take calls. Hey, take a call, leave a message. If I absolutely have to talk to them today, if it's not a closing today, get the, take the message. That, that, that will save me time. And so again, I was holding on and I ended up like losing that job and losing another job and losing it because I felt like I had to control everything because I felt like my life was already out of control. And this was, this was before I went into the darkest it, the, the darkest part of my life. So this is all leading up to that. But I had to, I, I had to control everything. That was my life. I had no idea that everything was going to work out. Matter of fact, I thought if I didn't control it, there's no way it would work out. That was the most backward ass thinking that I could have ever thought of in my life. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, I mean, if you're driving in your car, hold your hand up. Do you know what I mean? How many of you think that if you don't control it, it's going to be out of control? If you don't control it, there's no way it's going to work out. Well, I'm here to tell you, put your hand down. You don't have to control everything and everything is going to work out better than what you could ever imagine if you'll just let go. Control the letting go. You know, in, in a lot of the letting go has got to do with your healing or lack thereof. Like you've got to heal, man. And I, I, so I'm fixing to challenge you. This is going to be really interesting. <laughs> I, I'm going to push you way, 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 way outside of your comfort zone right now. When I say you got to heal, I want to ask you some questions. Cause I know there's lots of you right now saying, I don't need to heal. I'm good. I don't took care of that. Okay. You done took care of your healing, right? You do, you done handled all your healing and everything's good. So I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> Psych right after we take a break and listen to my most awesome sponsors for this week. And so when we get back, we're going to talk about your healing and we're going to go, get, we're, we're going to finish up this, this podcast with you got to control the letting go. Okay. We will be right back. Hey everybody, let's talk about healing and controlling the letting go, controlling the let go. Okay. In the opening, I talked about you got to heal. I talked about how when we grip everything so tight because we're afraid that we're losing control or maybe our life already feels like it is out of control. So we're holding on, trying not to drown, trying not to completely lose our mind. And we're trying to find some solid ground to stand on. And we may, you most of the time, we don't even know what that looks like. We've, we've ne we may have never been on solid ground. Like, I didn't know what solid ground looked like. I had not a clue because of the way that I was raised, because of the household that I lived in, there was always something out of control. Life was always out of control. Like we were moving every six months because my mom would lose her job or she was spending money. I, like at the time when we were young, I didn't know that she was doing the drugs. I just knew that she was very abusive, physically, mentally, emotionally, and after the age of seven, eight years old, there was no more sexual abuse by my mom. Um, so, well, I say that, that she allowed some things to happen 
which I haven't made public and I'm going to keep that quiet for now, but there were some other things that didn't get put in the book that it makes my story that much more hard to hear. So, uh, but I, like I said, it's, it's not time to share that right now. But anyway, everything in our house was out of control. We were having to move every six to 12 months because mom was doing drugs. And I didn't necessarily know that that's what that was then, but I can look back now and see that she chose to spend money on drugs versus pay the bills. And so because she didn't pay the bills, we had to move. And so we were always constantly moving. I, I like literally, I don't think we ever stayed in one place at most, at most a year, year and a half, year and a half tops in any one place that I can remember growing up. Like that's all the way until I graduated high school. Outside of living with my grandparents in Chicago, when we moved to Alabama, we were moving every six months to a year. House and Trustful, we were there a year, maybe 18 months before um, the house got foreclosed on. We moved into an apartment. We were just in that apartment for a year. We moved into another apartment. We were just there for a year. We were in an apartment in, a, in um in Homewood that we were just there for a year. So it was just this constant, uncontrollable cycle. It was a constant cycle of, of unsteadiness. Like there was, there was no foundation. There was no security. There was nothing that felt like home ever. So the first taste of something that felt solid, something that felt like a foundation was when I got married to my kid's dad. When I got married to him and we were together seven years, seven and a half years, you know, we had a nice home. We had two kids. We had a big yard. We had two cars. We both had good jobs, you know, and then that's when all the memories came back about the childhood sexual abuse. And, and up until that upheaval right there, that was the first thing that felt normal or what normal should be like, or what a family should be like, or what a relationship should be like. I had no good example of what a happy relationship was supposed to be. All I had were examples of what abusive relationships look like, because that's all my mom was ever in. I, I, and I've shared this a million times. If my mom liked you and you were a dude, oh no, I couldn't date you. I couldn't date you for diddly shit because that meant she saw something in you that she liked and I knew that she liked abusive men. She liked raging alcoholics. She liked men that liked to put their hands on you. She liked men that did drugs. I didn't want any part of that. And so if she really liked you, you had to really go. That was it. So, so super simple. So when I say you've got to heal, you may not know that you're broken because what you've had going on is your normal. Have you, so let me ask you some questions. And, and this is, this is going to tell you whether or not you still got some healing to do. If you're questioning, if I'm talking about you, let me ask you, have you ever given a sarcastic tone to an uplifting message? Think about that. Have you, or do you make other people the object of your frustration? And when I say making other people the object of your frustration, I mean blaming them for your frustration, blaming them for where you are in life, blaming them for your hurt, blaming them for your anger, blaming them for whatever, blaming them for your frustration. Well, this person cut me off in traffic. That's why I'm having a bad day. I woke up late because my alarm didn't go off on time. You know, your alarm went off, you just hit snooze and, or thought you hit snooze and you hit off and now you're late because you stayed up binge watching Netflix the night before. So. When someone tells you that they love you, do your walls instantly go up? That's usually a telltale sign that you haven't healed. And you can, I, like, I can't see you. I don't know who's listening to this and I don't know who this is for. But if I just said that part right there about when somebody tells you that they love you, does your wall go up, go up and you take a step back? If that made your heart jump, if that made you take a breath, if that made the hair stand up on the back of the neck, I'm talking to you. I said it. I don't care. You need to listen up. This is for you. You got to heal. And by healing, that means you got to learn to let go of the control because trying to control everything is what is making you stay stuck. That's just the truth. 
Do you catch yourself saying this is too good to be true? Do you say I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop? Or what about, oh, they're going to show their true color sooner or later. Are you trying to hold on so tight because you need to feel in control? Do you, are you holding on to somebody? Are you holding on to something? Is your head on swivel looking back at your past so much that you expect the same in your future all the time? you got to heal, man. The only thing that you can control is you. Hold it on to your past or even holding on to your present isn't going to create a future that you want. Matter of fact, it's going to recreate your past or recreate something going on in your present right now. And just the names and the faces are going to change. Some of you are going to say, oh, well, my present isn't bad right now. So I want you to think about this. Ooh, I'm, saying, I, I'm fixing to put a foot in, put a foot in somebody's ass right now. So I'm like, I, I love you <laughs> with all my heart. And I need you to listen to this. Is the relationship that you're in right now? Does it, does it resemble a relationship that you had before? Only the face and the name has changed? Be honest. I mean, you can lie to me because I'm not in front of you. I'm not talking. I'm talking to you, but I ain't, I ain't in your face talking to you. Like, do they, do, do they have some of the same habits that your, old, that your other ex had? Are they attentive? Or maybe they give you just enough attention for you to say, oh, they're just busy. They're just busy and I, I, like I, I, I get all the free time that they got. Are you sure about that? What about, do they not support your dreams? Are they always talking you down? Are they verbally abusive, but you play it off of as a fight? And it's not really a fight. They just verbally abusive. They always tearing you down. They always picking apart everything it is that you do. Is that like, does that resemble a past relationship that you had? Are they narcissistic? You catch them in a lie and then they turn, they flip the table on you trying to make you the one at fault because they got caught, they got busted and you're accepting it because you don't want to be alone. You got that stigma that single is a bad thing, that single is a status and not a word. You want to know more about that? Go back to my, go back to my podcast. Single is not a, single is not a status. Single is a word. Know the difference. Single being a word means that you are strong enough to stand on your own too. And you don't need anybody else to complete you. You are complete on your own and you love yourself and you're happy in your own company. You're happy just being you and somebody else can add to that, but they can't take away from it. Does a person with your with, do they add energy to you or they drain you of all the energy that you have left at the end of the day? Do you cry more than you laugh when you're with them? Does any of that sound familiar? I can tell you I've been there, done that, wrote a book about it, all that. I'm just being honest. The situationship I was in, that person was Jason. I didn't put all the, all the garbage that we went through during that 10 years because I realized that the garbage we went through, I allowed. It doesn't excuse what he did at all. Doesn't make any of it right. But me going through what I went through helped me to heal because I had to learn what I was willing to accept or not. I had to figure out what I wanted in a relationship or not. I had to figure out what was going to be good for me or not. And I had to learn how to be strong enough to say, this isn't good enough for me and I'm out. You may not be strong enough to say this isn't okay and I'm not putting up with this anymore and I'm done and walk out and that's okay. But knowing that you need to take those steps now and start taking the step one at a time as you heal each individual part of your soul, healing those core wounds so that you can get to the next level. That's where you got to start. You got to heal when you start healing. Controlling everything will not be a thing. When you start healing, letting go is your freedom. You can control the let go. You can control the letting go. Because holding on so tight, you're going to have to let go of something and you may not be able to control it at that point anymore. Sometimes the universe makes you have to let go of something that you don't want to let go of so that you realize you ain't got control of everything. By letting go, you gain control. I'm going to say that again, by letting go, 
you gain control. What does that mean? That means when you let go of something that's controlling your emotional state, you take your control back of your emotional state. You take control back of your power. That every time you let somebody frustrate you, you give away your power. Every time you let somebody make you angry and keep you angry, you're giving away your power. Every time you let somebody make you cry, you give away your power. Every time you let them continue to make you cry and they ain't standing in front of you, they ain't doing nothing to help, the, to help dry those tears. They're not doing anything to correct the behavior that, that caused those tears. You're giving away your power. You've got a broken heart that's shattered into a million pieces and you're trying to pick up the pieces and mend them back together. You can't take back together broken glass. You can, on the other hand, let go of what's breaking your heart and your heart will heal itself and create a whole new heart. You know how many cells regenerate themselves every single second that's going on? Like you have billions of cells in your body. They regenerate every single minute of the day. They do. So every time that emotional hurt comes and it causes a crack in your heart, the first thing that your subconscious does is, hey, I have to put a Band-Aid on that. Puts a Band-Aid on it so that you can feel different for a minute, but you never took the time to heal the wound that's on the inside. You gotta heal. You gotta figure out what the triggers are. You gotta figure out what those wounds are and you've got to heal them. And it starts with how you think about where it is that you are. It starts with learning to control the letting go. The worst battle that you're gonna fight is between what you know how you feel, and the thoughts that create what you feel. I'm gonna say that again, because it's important. Listen to this. The worst battle that you're going to fight is between what you know, how you feel, and the thoughts that create what you feel. You hear me say nine million times on my podcast alone, you are where you are because of how you think. You are where you are because of how you think. Your thoughts create your emotions or your thoughts trigger your emotions, one and the same. So if your thoughts are triggering or creating your emotions and your emotions are holding you stuck, are holding you in anxiety, holding you in frustration, holding you in anger, holding you in hate, holding you in discord of any kind whatsoever, you are causing your body to be sick. You are causing aches and pains in your body. Your body is telling you, you are causing sickness in your body. Your mind can make you sick or your mind can make you well. That's just the truth. How do I know that? Because I had depression, clinical, like I didn't know it when I was, I, when I was going through my dark, when I was going through my darkest times, going through my dark places is what I like to call them. I never, I never labeled myself as having depression. And even when I talked to somebody today and I was like, yeah, those, I, when I was in my dark places or my dark spaces, everybody knows what that means. But I never put a label on my head because labels tend to be a tattoo on your subconscious, on your mind, on your heart, on your soul or whatever. And you feel that you take on that identity and you make it your own. You take on somebody else's garbage and you claim it as your truth. When you put that tattoo of, I've got depression, you've told your subconscious, okay, I'm depressed and these are the symptoms. This is, this is how I'm supposed to feel because I have this. Fucking cut it out. I've told you guys a million times. You are where you are because of how you think. Your subconscious does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. It know, all it knows is what you tell it and everything that you tell it is a truth. Yeah, if you don't know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is, I encourage you to Google him, look him up on YouTube, find him on uh, Instagram. He backs up everything that I'm saying by science. Everything that I'm saying by science. He talks about how your frontal lobe is your creative and your pineal gland in the back of your mind is, is what activates a lot of chemicals in your brain to help you sleep or help you wake up. The melatonin is for when you go to sleep. And I forget the other one that he said is serotonin is what you use to wake yourself up. We have biological times in our body. When the sun comes up, our, it, the pineal gland starts releasing the serotonin. The serotonin 
and it, it may not be the pineal gland, so don't quote me on that. I don't, I don't want to say that that's what it is. But there's a chemical that gets released in your brain when the sun comes up to wake you up. It's serotonin. When it starts getting dark outside, I know for a fact the pineal gland is the one that releases the melatonin. So the melatonin is what starts making you sleepy and you go to sleep. And you, ha you, you have this, this biological time clock in your in your body this is time to wake up this is time to go to sleep so like when you travel that's where the jet lag and stuff comes from because you're in different time zones and the time is changing and and yada yada so on and so forth so you have to tell your subconscious what it is that you want and you have to I, and it, it, there's a belief structure that's going to have to go along with that so you know I, I talked about the athletes in the beginning and you talk about a track somebody that runs track the best athletes on the face of the planet visualize the whole race from beginning to end before they ever get in the water, before they ever step on the track, before they ever step on the field. They visualize the whole game. They visualize the race and they see themselves crossing the finish line first. They see themselves making the winning touchdown. They see themselves hitting the grand slam. They see themselves, you know, touching the wall first, whatever that looks like, whatever, whatever, race it is or whatever game it is they're playing football baseball swimming track all of those okay they they see themselves hitting that winning that winning run that that catching the winning touchdown you know playing volleyball hitting the the final point and the other team missing it they visualize that to the point that they see themselves getting up on the podium and accepting their gold medal and winning first place they see that, that that vision is so clear. It is like a movie playing in their mind. When that movie is so clear, your subconscious says, oh, that's reality. Your personality creates your personal reality. Joe Dispenza says this all day. That's his, that's his saying. Your personality creates your personal reality. So what does he mean by that? When I was going through my dark places, I was angry all the time. I was sarcastic all the time. Not to say that I'm not sarcastic now, but it's not in it. I don't, I'm not sarcastic now in order to cut you. I'm not sarcastic now in order to hurt you. I'm sarcastic now to be funny and to tell jokes. Very big difference between that. Like the people that knew me back then and they have a conversation with me now, they, they look at me like a deer in the headlights. Like, who are you? Like, I'm for real. Like, they look at me like, who, like, who? Where is Tammy and what did you do? Because they knew the Tammy that was angry. They knew the Tammy that wanted to hurt other people because I was hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Healed people help hurt people heal. I wanted to hurt everybody because if I made somebody else hurt worse than what I was hurting, then I felt a little bit better. Now that's not the right way to go about things, but that's just where I was at. I had to learn how to be a better me. I had to teach me how to think differently. I had to teach me how to believe differently. And it's all possible. I had to help. I had to teach myself how to heal. Sometimes the first step to healing is letting go of the people, places, and things that's been hurting you. That's one of the hardest decisions that we as females have to make 99.9999999% of the time. I'm not saying it's not that way for guys. I'm not a guy. I can't answer that question for you. The men that I've talked to, they agree. But coming from a woman's perspective, I can tell you, letting go of somebody that we love, even though it's a toxic relationship, that toxic relationship is familiar, and that's our solid ground, and that's all we know. So going into the unknown is way more scarier than the known. Letting go of the known for the unknown, and we don't have a belief structure yet that says, hey, everything's going to work out, just take this step. It hurts, but I can tell you when I made that step to let go of that toxic relationship and keep quit repeating the same cycle over and over and over again, because I taught him how to teach, how to treat me. I told him that I was okay with being on the back burner. I taught him that it was okay to see me when he had spare time. I taught him that I didn't have to be a priority. I was okay with leftovers. And when I started changing, and I started taking back my power and I started realizing my worth and I started realizing that I was good enough to be number one. I was good enough for all the attention. I was good enough to be in the front seat and not in the back. 
that's when our relationship changed and I started getting pushback. Why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? Da, 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 da. And then he flipped it on me because that way he could still get his cake and eat it too. I'm here to tell you it's not okay. And if that's the life that you're living, cut it out. Yes, it will be hard to take that first step. But I can tell you that once you take that first step and you feel the freedom of letting go and you feel the freedom of, you know what, I took my control back because I let that go. I will no longer allow that person, that thing, that place, that circumstance, that memory hurt me ever again. Control my emotions ever again. Control my decision-making processes ever again. I get to control that. Nobody else does. There's a way, there are steps, there's things that you can do to help you heal, to help you control letting go. And then that way you don't feel out of control anymore. Trying to control everything is going to make you feel out of control. I will tell you that making the decision to come out to California, as freeing as that was, was also scary. As freeing as that was, was also terrifying. As freeing and as exciting as that was, I didn't have control. I didn't have control of the outcome. I didn't have, I, like, I had no idea where I was going to live. I had no idea. I had no, I didn't know anybody out here. I didn't have a job. Those are three very big unknowns. Having to control those three things before I left, I probably would have never left. I took a leap of faith. I jumped and I was like, you know what? I got a vision. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that was a God-inspired vision. God source, higher power, inner being, universe, whatever you choose to call it. I knew that that vision came from my higher power. I had a deep-seated belief that my destiny was no longer in Atlanta. You wanna know what else that I figured out along the way? I got that vision because I was holding on to Jason. I got that vision because I was trying to control what mine and his relationship was gonna be like. And I had no control over that whatsoever. And by trying to control that and giving up my power, giving up my worth, giving up my being good enough, because I thought at least having him, the little time that I had him, that just maybe one day he would see that I was good enough. Just maybe one day he would open his eyes and he would see the woman that was standing in front of him was nothing like the woman that he met 10 years prior. And he would see that I was the one. I was never the one. I was the one for right now. And that was a hard pill to swallow. But when I left Atlanta and, it, and the first words out of his mouth is like, well, who's out there? He thought I was coming out here to be with a guy. He didn't think I had big enough balls to move out here on my own, no net. Even he, who's moved across country several times, thought that it was crazy that I had no job, that I had nowhere to live, and that I I left Atlanta with less than three months worth of financial support in my bank account. He was like, you, you got at least three months to live, enough money to live for three months, right? And it was like, don't worry about me, I got this. That's all I said. I didn't tell him that's what I had. I said, don't worry about this. Don't worry about me, I got this. I took that chance, I took that risk and I reaped all the rewards. I'm here to tell you. And leaving him was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Because in my mind and in my heart, I had a belief that I would never see him again. That was the truth. I saw him two more times after I left Atlanta. And the last time let me know that we're done. As much as I wanted to love him with everything that I had, and I did, nothing was going to change. I was never going to be the one for him. And I knew that it was time and I knew that I was strong enough and I knew that I was ready because when I pulled the trigger and I said, I'm done, I can't do this anymore because I'm never going to be good enough for you. When I heard those words come out of my mouth, I'm not going to be, I'm not ever going to be good enough for you. I knew that that's not who I was. That's not who I was meant to be. 
And that as long as I was holding on to that, as long as I was trying to control that situation, I would never be open to loving somebody else or letting somebody else love me. And I would block the blessing of my mate who was meant for me of coming to me. So the universe, God source, higher power, gave me a choice. Let go and take a chance on what comes or hold on and be stuck. And knowing what I knew when I left Alabama and I moved to Atlanta, I knew that I needed a fresh start. I knew I couldn't have a fresh start in Atlanta because I was too close to him. And if I stayed, he would keep coming around and I would allow it. Me moving to California, I ain't got to see him. He ain't coming out here. He hates California. He ain't going to buy a plane ticket to come out here because he don't care nothing about being here. He would come out here to see me and that would be it. And it would not be about us being together. It would be about the sex because the sex was always great. That's, that was our glue. And that's just real. Let me be honest. There's, there's some brutal honesty for you. That was some brutal honesty that I had to swallow. That was the brutal honesty that it took for me to swallow in order for me to heal the final pieces of my heart and be able to be set free. And because of that, I haven't talked to him in nine months, eight months. No text messages, no phone calls, no pictures, no, no emails, no nothing. And I'm okay with that. Actually, I'm better than okay. I'm happy, I'm succeeding, and I've done everything that I said I'd, I'd like. I was depending on him to take my picture for my book cover. He was never gonna make time for me to do that. I did that. And when I realized there was so much negative energy going on between us, I didn't want his negative energy attached to my book. I had to set myself free. I had to control that letting go. Because if, I had, if he had done it, I would have fought to hold on. And I would have blocked more of my blessings. I would have blocked the doors being open that I've had open for me to take this next step in, of my journey into this awesome life that I'm creating. This awesome life that I've created and am and are creating. Did I say that right? I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. But I mean, like, I, d d does that make sense? Like, I, I, I just want to make sure, because like, I've, I've kind of, I'm just pacing and I'm talking and I, I'm just clearing out my head as I'm going through all these things. And I want, I want to make sure that that makes sense to you guys. And I'm sitting here talking to you, like, I got you sitting in front of me and I'm, I'm, I'm on stage. Like, do you get this? I need you to shake your head. Yes. <laughs> All right, so everybody in unison, shake your head yes while you're riding down the road and I'm going to feel it. We're going to be bobbing along, okay? But if you, if you will take that step and say, I'm taking my control back, you don't have to do it. You don't have to let go of everything all at one time. That will freak you the fuck out. Don't do that. Start with the little things so you can get, start building your belief structure that everything's going to be okay. And then take the next step and then take the next step and then take the next step. You've got to have your circle, your circle of influence. What's influencing you has got to be solid. It's got to be people that are going to be on your side. Not somebody that's going to blame you for letting go of that relationship. Not, do not let your hating ass girlfriends that, oh, there's no easy way to say this. Don't let your hating ass girlfriends trip you up. If they are browbeating you, everything it is that you do, they ain't your friend. So you know what? I, I'm going to give you guys an exercise that's in my online course. I'm talking about building your circle of influence and, and figuring out who your friends really are. And this is going to sting. Okay. This is, this is going to leave a mark. And I'm going to tell you that right now. So if you're not driving, get you a pen and get you a piece of paper. And I want you to write down. Five, the five to 10 people that you spend the most time with, that you call your friends, and I've got my fingers up doing the quotation marks, five to 10 people that you call your friends, that you spend the most time with, that influence your, that influence your thoughts and your actions. People that you ask questions, should I do this or should I not do this? Those are the people that I'm talking about. Write them down. It shouldn't take you more than 30 seconds to a minute to write down five to 10 people. Cause I said that it really like, I don't want you going through your Facebook friends. Oh, I listen to this person. I listen to it. That, that doesn't matter. I'm talking about people that you talk to the most. And it might be somebody on Facebook that you don't know face to face, but you have their notifications turned on 
and you listen, you look at every freaking post that comes on their Facebook or every freaking post that comes on their IG. Write them down. Now, after you get them written down, this is where your brutal honesty, you're not hurting anybody but yourself by not being true to this next question. So you get, you're going to have three things that you're going to write out beside each one of their names. And it's not going to take you long. The first thought that comes to your mind is the right thought. So with the first person on that list, I want you to think about, do they make you feel good? Do they give you positive vibes? Are they giving you positive information? Do they give you good advice? Do they support your dreams? Do they support your aspirations? If they do put a plus by their name, are they somebody that is a negative Nelly or every time you're around them, do you feel your energy being drained? Are they first, are they the first one to jump on your negative bandwagon every time that you have one? Are they, are they feeding the negativity or are they feeding the positivity? If they're feeding the negativity. I want you to put a minus sign. Then you have the third category and the third category is what I like to call the flatliners. I did a whole podcast about flatliners. Flatliners are people that are comfortable in their space. They're not super negative, but they're not super positive either. They're, they're going to be somebody that you can talk to. You can be a sounding board, but they're not going to have that eye opening, inspirational thought to give you to say, Oh, look, I've been through that. This is what you should do. This, this is what I would recommend. Check it out. Do your research and then do X, Y, and Z. They're just somebody that's there. They're happy with the status quo. They're living in their little bubble and they're just kind of existing in life. You're going to put, you're going to put a flat line, like just a long flat line. So for negative, just put NEG, negative, negative, positive, and then a flat liner. You can write it out or you can use the symbols. Either way it goes is fine. So I want you to do that for every person on your list, every person. And then I want you to look at that list and I want you, how many people are on a negative? If you need to heal and you got issues and you answered yes to any of those questions that I asked you earlier, I would get, I would venture to guess that 50% or more of the people on your list hit the negative or the flatliner. You might have one or two, maybe three. If you wrote 10 people, you probably got three people that might be on the positive side. If you wrote down more than 10 people, you probably got about three people that are on the positive side. How does it feel to know that all the negatives and all the flatliners are the ones that's influencing where you are in life right now? They're helping you give away your power. They ain't got nothing nice to say. They're the ones that want to drag you back and say, why, why, you, why are you going to school? Why are you reading books? Why aren't you hanging out with us no more? And they're trying to drag you back. You ever wondered why when they, when they catch crabs, there's never a lid on the box? Because when one tries to get out, the other ones drag them back. Do you want to be a crab? There's a reason. <laughs> Crabby asses, negative people, misery loves company. If you get out of, if you get out of the box that you've been in for so long, that means they got to look in the mirror. And say, damn, they left us behind. And they got to take a long, hard look at where they're at. And are they okay? They're probably mad because they didn't do it first. Your flatliners, when you crawl out of the box, they're going to support you. And they might even, you might even inspire them to do the same. But you got to be willing to let the negative people go. So they're not doing anything for you. And some of your flatliners, if you don't inspire them, to move forward and to create a better life for themselves, you may have to let them go too. And I'm not saying go to them and say, Hey, you're a negative, you're a negative asshole in my life. And I got to let you go. It just means that you're going to quit responding to those text messages. You're going to quit responding to those phone calls. You're going to quit responding to those invites to parties that you do nothing but get drunk and get numb. And then you wake up with a hangover for the next two days, wishing you hadn't gone in the first place. This is coming from somebody who spent 40 years, giving up every Saturday during football season, a minimum, like the whole day on Saturday for football. The last two weeks, I ain't watched a stitch of football. I didn't watch opening day. I didn't get up that morning and turn on the, turn on ESPN to watch game day. I didn't watch Alabama football and all my friends lost their mind. Even my own daughter said, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you not watching football? 
my best friend Teresa, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck? You always watch football. You didn't make chili? What, are you okay? Where's my friend? And what did you do with her? There are more things that's more important than watching football. And I love my team. I'm ride, ride or die, roll tide. But watching football for the whole entire day and giving up eight hours of my time that could be better served putting together my online course, could be better served getting prepared for my speaking event, for my workshop that I've got on October 12th is way better than wasting a day doing something that's not going to take me forward to where it is that I got to go. I controlled the letting go in order to go where it is that I want to go. I get to control my future. If I don't let go of things that are hurting me and holding me back, I have no control over my future. I'm giving it away. That's what I mean by you can control the letting go. You can control where it is that you go by letting go of people, places, and things that have been holding you back. And sometimes letting go of your own negative thoughts, letting go of your own bad habits, letting go of binge watching Netflix, letting go of whatever. Like, you know, I don't have to sit here and list 50 things and say, oh, well, she didn't mention that. So that's not on the list. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you spend six hours a day on Facebook and Instagram, maybe you need to turn your social media off so that you can get where it is that you need to go. I'm on social media with a purpose. I'm not on there just scrolling for the sake of scrolling for hours upon hours upon hours because it doesn't do anything for me. It's not getting me anywhere. I take in other people's negativity and I'm not okay with that. You know what you can control? What's going into your mind, what you see, what you hear, what you feel. You get to control what's going into your body. All of those things are positive things. If you're watching movies or shows that upset you, those emotions become a visceral response in your body and your body gets addicted to the emotion. And once you get addicted to the emotion, your body's going to cue you and say, hey, normally you feel this way at this time. Why are we not doing that? Let's go do that. I need my fix. Sound familiar? I just want you guys to know that you can do this. Okay? If you want to know or you think you need help, you don't think you can do it on your own, I got a couple of options for you. I have, as I said, I got my online course. It's called Soul Transformation. I take you through all of these steps. Every last one of them, I take you through them all. Yes, it's 12 modules. Yes, it's 16 weeks. But that will be the best 16 weeks of your life because you will transform. You will heal. You will create a new you. And I'm going to be there to help you. I'm going to lead you. Because I've walked those, I, like, you see my life. I'm all, I'm all out here. I'm 100% transparent about where it is that I'm at, what I'm going through, what I do, and how I did it. I got the steps in writing now. I have it all written down exactly what I did and how and why. And how long it's going to take you. And actually, it's better than what I went through because I have more tools that I used with my life coaching clients to make this better and to make it more effective. My girl, Nicole, who's helping me with the PowerPoint, because I, I know this is terrible. I'm fixing to be 52 in just a few days. I don't know how to use PowerPoint. I'm not, I, I could figure it out, but it would be more stressful for me to try and figure it out right now. <laughs> so she's helping me with the PowerPoint. And she was like, oh, my God, do you know how much content you've got in here? And she's just gone through two modules. And I was like, yeah, I do, actually, because I want to help people heal. So if you're looking for the intensive, you're looking for the immersion, you're looking for me to walk you every step of the way, I want to encourage you, go to my website, TamieTheOffice.com, hit the online course up in the menu, and check out what all's included. Really, I, 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 want, I want to lead you. I would be honored to lead you and guide you through this healing journey by letting go of the control and controlling the let go, you can heal and you can change your life. If you're still not sure and you want something a little smaller, you're not ready for the commitment of the 16 weeks in a, in a long course, I want you to come to my workshop. Me and my girl, uh, Monique Gaffney, she is, she is a spirit-led coach like me, or I'm like her, I think I'm older than her. Anyway, 
she, that, that's her title, a spirit, spirit-led coach. She does a course called Healing Core Wounds. We teach the same things, just different. And I do a lot of goal style stuff and helping you figure out your path that way. She just works on the core wounds. And so we're, we teamed up together to do a workshop. The workshop is going to be October 12th. It's going to, if you're in the San Diego area, we would love, 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 love for you to come down. It's 25 bucks, man. You get us for three hours. We're, we're, we're coming at you with some powerful stuff to help you change. I'm working on your mindset. I'm helping you let go, <laughs> helping you let go of the blame, giving you some tangible steps and tools on what to do next. All right. And then we have a VIP lunch that you can upgrade to. We take care of your lunch. You get on the spot coaching from both of us. It's $97. That includes your admission to the workshop itself. And we're just going to love on you. And we're going to, you know, put those final pieces of the puzzle in there. And so that's another option for you too. You know, you, you get me in your face, you get Monique in your face, you can ask me tangible questions. I'll have copies of my book there. So you can get them autographed if you've already got it. If, uh, if bring your book with you, I'll autograph it for you or get you a book and get it autographed right there on the spot. But those are some options for you, uh, you know, and, and you know, just listening to my podcast, go back. I give so much free content away, man. Like I give you so much stuff. If you're still having problems getting done with the hurt, still having problems with the healing, you need something else. You need me in your face. If it's not me, you need somebody in your face to helping lead you along the way. Do your research, do your homework, find somebody that's a fit for you. If it's not me, that's okay. I just want to help you. I want you to get the help it is that you need in order to heal. Because when you heal, your life is going to change. All the synchronicities of life are going to come together and show you what you've been missing all this time. By not healing, you're blocking your blessings. By holding on to controlling every single second of the day and not letting go of the things that are hurting you, you're blocking your blessings. I don't want you to block your blessings anymore, man. I want you to be set free. Okay? So, love you guys to the moon and back. I hope, 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 beyond all hope that you really got something out of this podcast today. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed giving it to you. If you did, take a screenshot, put it on your IG stories, and tag me at Tammy underscore Loftus, and I will share it on my stories and give you a shout out. Or if there's another episode that you love, take a screenshot, put it on your IG or Facebook stories, tag me in it. I would love to uh, share it on my stories too and give you a shout out. I love you guys to the moon and back. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week and I will see you soon. Bye-bye now.